You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest, and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's Wednesday night here in Starkville. We are in the roving Farm Bureau studios. I'm Charlie Winfield. Bart Gregory is along with me. We're at the Palmero Center. You know, we always get together the day before the first ball game of a series, but with Mississippi State having Auburn coming to town, we decided to get a friend on the show with us. You know, we like to break it down, just the two of us, look at a series. But this week, Bart, we're going to have somebody tell us why we're wrong and we talk about pitching matchups, and we talk about our two guys that can kill you, we're going to do a little different this week. Yeah, and I'm sure Butch Thompson, he's a head coach at Auburn, of course, and longtime assistant coach here at Mississippi State, an Amory, Mississippi native, and Auburn is about to pull in here for practice tonight for a uh, just a little tune-up, getting ready for this Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. And, of course, it's a Wednesday night, raining outside, and we're going to pull Butch over. And, yeah, he'll tell us if we're wrong. And so I think we, we bring him over for our Mosquito Joe pitching matchups and then our two guys that can kill you and just see how wrong that we are. And so, yes, hey, a big weekend series for State, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Auburn has been really good. I mean, this is an Auburn team right now in league play that's 7-5. and five. They've won three straight series, taking two out of three of all of them, and two of those were on the road. Yeah, two of them on the road at A&M, at LSU. So they've really been good on the road this year. And so – Coming in here, the only serious loss was that first weekend against Ole Miss at home, but they've really been playing well. Well, and one of the reasons they've been playing well, transfer first baseman. Sonny Deshar. Man, Man, he's been good. He's not the only guy, that, but it's, uh, it's a good team. Butch Thompson, just one of my favorite guys in the sport of baseball. Greg Dry, the ops director over at Auburn, he's an awesome guy too. And then you start to look at the staff. you got Tim Hudson. Tim Hudson was on our show last year. He's a great guy to talk to. Gabe Gross. Yep. I see Gabe. Gabe's one of the first guys getting off the bus right now. So, I guess before Butch comes over here, do we just want to talk about our initial thoughts of the weekend? Just kind of 10,000 feet, what we're looking at right here. I mean, I think, like like you said, Charlie, this is an Auburn team that – when, when you look at it offensively, Deshara and the way he's hit it, Rambush has been better in league play than he's been in overall play. But when you start thinking about Butch Thompson-type teams, you start thinking about guys that pitch with sink and throw ground balls. This is an Auburn team that leads the SEC in double plays. They get a lot of ground balls with their pitchers. Mm. That is not what you like to hear about any Mississippi State opponent, but that's certainly the case when you get Joseph Gonzalez, the guy that's going to go in game three for them. He is a ground ball machine. He gets twice as many ground ball outs as fly ball outs, uh, but it's a team that competes. That's that's what Butch does, right? Uh, Butch Thompson's teams just compete. Hey, let me before we get into too much baseball, here's my question for you, and remind you, by the way, that we're in the roving Farm Bureau, Palmero Center Studios, agents in all 82 counties. Check them out if you've got insurance needs. Go to favorites.com. Whatever your needs are, check them out, our friends at Farm Bureau. Here's my question to you, Bart. By the way, you've spent a good bit of time over at Auburn, I'm sure. 
You know what I did last time I went over? I drove over for a women's basketball game, and I stopped in Tuskegee. You ever done that? No, I have not, but I've kind of always wanted to do that. So they have a museum there. They have the airfield where the Tuskegee Airmen, the, the famed Tuskegee Airmen trained, and they still have some of the buildings there you can go in. But here's what they have. They have one of the planes. They have actually one really? of the, yeah, you know, the, the ones with the red tail and all. Yeah. I spent about two hours. It was a blast, and they were showing how the planes were made, um, how they trained, where they trained. Really cool experience stopping at Tuskegee. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I have spent a lot of time at Auburn, and the and the one of the reasons is is my family, Jen's family, are all Auburn people, and you know her grandmother went to school there, and you know her uncles and aunts and cousins, and you know everybody and their brother over there, you know, went to went to Auburn, and so this is the series that's big for me. And I know next weekend's going to be big because you're playing your arch rival on Ole Miss. But I'm talking about for Christmas time for me, or Thanksgiving time for me. And I would like to think that Will Rogers helped your Christmas out. Will Rogers helped my Christmas out tremendously. Okay, but it's one of those deals of my brother-in-law went to Auburn and I love him to death, but he's eating up with it, eating up with it. And it's one of those deals of when we win. I don't say anything. I just kind of smirk, you know. And I think that's what drives them crazy. And so, but this weekend, and and we go back to the point, and we we've said this many times, and we we made this conversation, this point in the conversation with West Thickpen a couple weeks ago, where there are so many guys in South Mississippi in the junior college ranks, and they all know each other. And so, what's the deal when you're playing your friends? You want to beat them more than you beat anybody else. And uh, I love Butch to death. I love Gray Dry to death. I love Timmy Hudson to death, Gabe Grove, all those like guys. to win. But I want to win this one. This is a weekend you want to win. So here's here's the question I was going to ask you before we go too far into Auburn. Who do you consider to be Auburn's most famous athlete? Got to be Bo Jackson or Frank Thomas. What about Barkley? Barkley? It's three pretty good ones right there. But I think Bo, Bo Jackson's got to be the guy. We know. I guess Suni Lee has to be the most Worldly known athlete currently on their campus, would you say that gold medal winning gymnast? Yeah, probably so. But I'm just saying today. But that's I'm sweet. That's a separate category. Probably so. But like all time, I, man, I don't know. Frank Thomas, am I right that he's the only Hall of Fame baseball player? I think so. From in the SEC, there ain't many. I'm trying to think in terms of like modern era. Yeah, I can't think of in the modern era. Now I, I can't really think. But I mean. But to me, Bo Jackson, just – Remember the old baseball card where he had the shoulder pads on? And in the bat. In the bat. And now you see, you know, every high school kid try to do it. But nobody pulled off. They called that the black and blue. Yep. Bo For, card. First major league home run I ever saw in person was Bo Jackson. 1988. Kauffman Stadium. Royal Stadium. Kansas City. Saw him play here. Saw Frank Thomas play here. Frank was a good hitter, man. Saw him play in Chicago. At uh, one of the iterations of Comiskey. Okay. Hit a home run off Tommy Raffo out here, hit the bathrooms. So you've had some good series. I mean, Auburn has, has had some baseball prowess. We think of Hal Baird along the lines there. But, uh, of course, they went to the College World Series a couple, a few years ago, and we played them over there and uh, won that crazy game in the first game of the College World Series. Yeah, you think about that one. And Auburn – Really took a step back last year. I, I don't know if I'd say took a step back. They had a rough year. But, you know, they had some just crazy injuries 
and all of a sudden, I think they thought they were going to be better than they were last year, and then all of a sudden everybody starts getting their feet hurt. And it was just one of those weird years. And now Auburn back to playing better. I, th- I think Auburn in the end, you know, if you look at D1 baseball, this was not predicted to be a regional team. Auburn's a regional team. Yeah, they will be. They'll be a regional team. So, all right, well, the buses have gotten here. Butch is walking his way. So I guess we want to do – so what do we want to talk with Butch about? I guess we're going to do the – Well, I tell you, the first thing we ought to do when he gets here is let's talk to him about the pitching matchups. And, of course, our pitching matchups brought to you every week by our friends at Mosquito Joe. Mosquito Joe making outdoor fun again. Bart Gregory working on a house, and I guarantee you he's going to have a misting system. He's going to have something. Going to have two of them, one in the front, one in the back. Front porch, back porch, I'm not getting eaten by mosquitoes. I can tell you that. So call our friend – Robert Carlton, we used to call him Spanky, Bob, you name it. But, yeah, give him a call. They can take care of you, our friends at Mosquito Joe. And that's, look, if you're in Jackson, if you're in Meridian, if you're in Starville, they can travel, so check them out at Mosquito Joe. So, hey, why don't we just uh, jump into pitching matchups uh, with Butch Thompson. Hey, good to see you, man. Ooh, I tell you what, that bus come from Auburn, Alabama, when it crossed that Mississippi State line, I thought about I get to see my mama and I get to <laughs> get to get back where I got so many good friends, um, so many relationships, and I'm just thankful. This is year 20 in the Southeastern Conference, and it gives you one of those moments when you see that Mississippi uh, State sign of like how blessed you are to get to do what you do, and it's always good to come home no matter what, what you're in the middle of and what you're doing currently. Hey, so this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig, and we talk about uh, what's going on on the weekend. In Tracks Plus, we talk about tractors, we talk about farm equipment, and I think about me almost dying on that old tractor you had at your place out there trying to build a hog pen. <laughs> with, with dry, yeah. Uh, do, do you still have that video? No, I don't think so, but I could use that. I wish I still had that I think Dry still got it. He sent it to me a couple of weeks ago. That was my 1967 Massey Ferguson. That was a that was a good tractor. Well, you know what? That's convenient <laughs> because it tracks plus. That's, they sell, they Massey, sell Massey Ferguson. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so let's jump into our pitching matchups, and Charlie and I will finish the show. We won't keep you too much longer because you guys are in for practice here the night before the series. All right, so this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, how does that affect you going into a weekend? We, we talk all the time about you know, guys getting in routines, but does it affect you that much in the college game? I know if you had to move a, a pro guy up a day, it throws everything off. Is it that big of a factor going from Friday, Saturday, Sunday to Thursday, Friday, Saturday? You know, I, I think it does, um, and it's pitchers, and it's very individual, and it can change over the course of the year. Um, you know, the one I'm pointing toward right now, our first two starters went four innings last week, uh, four and a third, four and two-thirds, and – so I uh, I feel I don't that doesn't bother me as much of them having to be shorted today and go six because one thing about an amateur pitcher they're usually worse if they take too much time off you know, from a command standpoint and getting a game underway because that first inning is one of the most vulnerable times for for a pitcher. Uh, Joseph Gonzalez, on the other hand, you know our our game three started through a complete game last week, so you know we've we've curtailed, shortened, abbreviated. Um, maybe not his running or lifting, but definitely some of his throwing here. So he's one we got to keep up with. But just that that back and forth. So uh, sometimes it's an advantage because after you go from Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we'll be shifted back to Friday, Saturday, Sunday next week, and they'll get an extra day of rest. So at the end of the day, I guess it's all a wash, but you're just always trying to make individual adjustments with individual pitchers. 
Hayden Mullins, the guy you've got set to go on Thursday, the the thing that jumps out at me about him, got a left-hander, teams don't run on him. Uh, I don't think he's allowed a stolen base. But the thing that jumps out at me, if you just look at his numbers, he looks like a guy that if he is in the zone, he's going to be hard to beat. He looks like opposing batting average is like 187. It looks like I was really taking a leap like in year three with you. Yeah, he really hadn't pitched a lot since his junior year of high school. You know, that was part of our, our challenges last year of not having somebody like him going enough for us, and it was it was hard. Carson Skipper's been a great reliever for us, another one of our, our, our lefties, missing six or seven weeks last year. Uh, those three starters uh, missing six weeks, you know, that's tough for any ball club. You can You can look around the league and see when somebody's lost significant amount of guys on the mound like that, how it, playing in the best amateur baseball in the world is kind of a challenge. Now, what we got with Hayden is healthy, and it's been since August of not missing a bullpen, a throwing opportunity, or anything. And what you got is a young pitcher um, that's been with us for a while but just hadn't logged innings. And it looks like there's just been a tick up from the start of the season out in Arlington all the way to SEC play leading up to last weekend is somebody that He's learning something new every week. He's getting more comfortable. He's laying better tracks, and, and it's getting pretty exciting uh, to, to watch him throw. Um, and I think the term we would all use is effectively wild. And it's hard to square up a baseball on him, and it's that uh, effectively wild type scenario with a fastball and a slider and a, a change up to some of the right-handers. And, you know, it can be – it's either black or just off, and – you know, if you if you don't swing and take, thinking that he might be a little wild, well, is that a time that he's filling it up? And I, I think versus us, opponents have to figure out how aggressive they're going to be with their bats, and we have to be mindful and aware of that as well. But it 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 seems like for the most part, it's um, he's like lived on the edge a few times, which is I can feel my heart starting to tighten <laughs> up a little bit. But it's good stuff, and he's been effectively wild, and he's competed well and he's getting more comfortable as the season goes on. So we feel like every good outing here is just, uh, you know, giving him more and more confidence. But pretty much fastball slider type guy. That's right. That's right. He'll pitch off those two. And no doubt, uh, especially you get to the second, third time through the lineup, especially in the middle, you know, they're going to definitely see some change-ups from him. And an occasional curveball. That's another late addition. If If he was to wind up getting to the third at bat, our challenge with him, and we haven't worked through it a whole lot either, but he's getting to that 90-plus pitch deal, and yeah. it's not like I'm like, 90, take him out. But, I mean, we still got half a game to go. That, I think he that, went like 94 last week, 93. I mean, we're talking there. four and a third innings. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's uh, he's wore out. I'm wore out from <laughs> him having me on the edge, and you're ready to move on, and we still got a lot of game to play. And that's why you have seen us really institute you know, a, a couple of more guys, experienced guys, to where it, it, it piggybacks the word that people use. But we, we know we can get something quality out of him, and hopefully he becomes more efficient over time. This is still a guy that really hadn't pitched in college that's doing a pretty good job. And the more efficient he becomes, the more length he gets in a ball game, um, you know, it's probably to our advantage. State got to go with Preston Johnson in the game tomorrow night. And then, then you look at game two on Friday, Trace Bright – it was roughed up a little bit last week against Vanderbilt. But, you know, just looking at all the stats and stuff, I mean, the success you guys have had on the road, it feels like sometimes it's almost like there's more comfortability 
<laughs> with some pitchers on the road than it has been at home this year. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. And Trace is one of those that uh, I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. I love him. I love his stuff. I love his uh, makeup. I love how he goes to work between starts. He's just one of those guys, like we had so many here, that I just loved how they went about their business. And uh, – we have used so much in that first game with some premium relievers that, uh, you know, I think he come out of the ball game. It was four to one, and yeah. he absolutely. I didn't think he was. He just he gave us a deal where he didn't throw, you know, eight eight of the next ten pitches after after a home run to tie it up one to one. Vandy tied it up one to one. Eight of the next ten pitches just were not competitive, and I didn't think he was going to get it back on track. Um, but then that relief core that's come behind him hadn't, hadn't helped any either. So they put up a nine spot, and those were tough in SEC play. And I, I think a couple of these outings that Trace could have, if we could have given him a little more help when we passed the baton to the bullpen, would have definitely helped. But I'm, I'm kind of a, I'm stubborn and I'm a believer in Trace that I think he's going to hook it up and give us a good second half. Hey, real quick, before we jump into some more matchups, when you look around the college game right now and you start talking about being effectively wild and you talk about big misses with Trace in game two, as, as a coach who's been around for a long time now, guys coming out of travel ball, high school with spin rate such a big thing, it seems to me like we're seeing more big misses with fastball around the league. Am I wrong for saying that or is it just perception? Uh, it's not perception. I mean, we know what we see and we're trying to evaluate what we see. Um, I, I just think about because I definitely the guys that I recruited and coached here uh, a year, two years, three years, or four years, I claim them, you know, as guys that have gone on, and that's 12 guys now since 2014 that's made the big leagues and that that has not used the weighted ball and <laughs> and things of that nature. I, I'm really concerned because the guys we recruit and guys come to our program that have done these things, uh, I think we're starting to see that hit the wall. I think we're starting to see uh, uh, it manifest itself in the field of play, and I think we're starting to see it manifest itself with injury. Um, and so I've maintained being against it. If somebody's come to our program with it, I wouldn't take that away from them. Uh, but we have we have probably uh, curbed some of our guys away from doing it. And I really think the biggest thing is actually trying to do it in season and, and prior to a game, an, an overload principle to get loose is I think is a myth. And I, I think it's a mistake. And I, I think you're – especially guys trying to get out of the gate. I, I see the first inning and you could just – I can almost tell, like, all right, he looked like he warmed up with weighted balls <laughs> uh, or things. But, you know, I, I do I, – I'm one degree of separation away from somebody like Dr. Andrews. Yeah. And that's what I've enjoyed. It's been a blessing being at Auburn of the information that I'm able to receive. Um, and I think Dr. Glenn Fleiss, who got the ASMI clinic in Birmingham, finally come out a couple of months ago with the first uh, meat and potatoes um, output of that this failed in some studies and, and the weighted ball thing. And, you know, we've grabbed so many things through the years, through the footballs and the Tom House and the, and the everything, but uh, I think we're going to see this weighted ball that's really had sustainability and really reached a, a pretty high significant pickup from from amateur pitchers and young coaches and stuff I, I think we're i think it's plateaued and i think we're about to see it go down because of the consequences that are starting to be revealed looking at one other matchup as a from a mississippi state standpoint i look at your what i tend to call still guilty of saying sunday guy it'll be a saturday guy this week the game three guy joseph gonzalez and this guy 
just jumps out at me as a huge matchup problem. As you look at his numbers, he gets twice as many ground balls as he does fly balls. He gets double plays, and anytime I see the words turbo sinker, I think, uh-oh. I, I think of uh, you know, Cole Foster's going to need combat pay over at second base with all the ground balls. It's kind of the thing that comes to mind when Bart and I talk. Um, Gonzalez looks like a guy who really starting to figure it out for you. Yeah, and he's really only he's only played the last two SEC weekends. Uh, he threw a phenomenal game against Texas Tech, uh, which I think you guys wound up playing later on a couple of games, uh, and was just tremendous for seven innings against those guys. Kind of developed a blister under that middle finger there, and been out for for a period of time, and it's been been slow. Joseph is an unbelievable, amazing kid from Puerto Rico, so we still have uh, Auburn's not different than Starful in that regard, but we have a, <laughs> we have a communication problem with Joseph. And, uh, so it may have taken an extra week with that finger, but you know, him just, alright I pitch against Texas Tech, then I'll take a month off, and then I'll jump out there I'll jump out Baton Rouge, and yeah, I'll get a bunch of ground balls, and then I'll come back, and I'll, I'll get Vandy, and I'll just after Vandy had scored 19 runs and hit like four home runs the night before, I'll come out there and I'll go CG and I'll throw 80% strikes. Um, What's his second pitch? Slider, a little backdoor slider to the lefties and, and, and a little slider and a, a change-up's the third pitch. Is he Kendall? That's what I was going to say. For Mississippi State folks, my sentence was going to be it's it's Kendall. And it reminded me so much in Baton Rouge because – <laughs> I, don't we know how hard it is to win down there? Oh, oh boy. It, in my I, 20 years. I, hey, what year was it? It was 2012. Yep, it was 12. Stratton two days before that and Gosman that night. <laughs> and then you come to breakfast the next morning. You've heard the story. I mean, you know, man, the Lord got me back last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just – I was thinking about it last weekend so much. And I'm like, okay, Stratton strikes out 17 – in Baton Rouge, and we lose two to one in the tenth, and then Evan Mitchell and Nick Rout combined for a four hitter Saturday, another L stamped on our forehead, and then we wake up and we got Kendall left, and he gets 21 ground ball outs on the infield, and you know, I'm not doing that to Joseph saying he's Kendall, but it's a good, it's a good feel for Mississippi State folks of what he's trying to do. Does he have that competitive edge that Kendall had? Uh, Joseph, Joseph's problems that we can't ever tell. <laughs> Joseph is flatlined, and uh, well, good gracious, he gave up ten against Mississippi State last year, yeah, like before we could get him out of the ball game. But it's like yeah. he's like well, he just watches the ball go around the ballpark <laughs> and runs over. You, you can't tell if he's doing great or you can't tell if he's getting shelled. But he is an amazing person, and uh, so I haven't forgot that. But I'm definitely I'm telling you, when I was in Baton Rouge, I was thinking about. What do you got to do to win a ball game down here? And, uh, and Kendall going out and getting those 21 ground balls. That, that's what it reminds me of. And they're really a throwback. You know, Kendall was a throwback at that time with the sinker ball. And Joseph's a throwback from that, from that aspect. And, uh, you know, I don't know how this year will finish for Joseph. You know, he's got another year before he's draft eligible. But uh, Joseph Gonzalez will play this game for a very, very long time. Burkhart on the back end. Yeah, and that that's the difference. We 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 lost like ten SEC games last year by one run. It's not like people we're getting blown out more this year. It seems like in our games, and last year it was just it, it was right there. I think our toughest series was the Mississippi State series. Outside of that, everything was so competitive and so close. And Burkhart was one of those that couldn't grab hold to it as a freshman, and 
um, kind of like you, you see in our league. And then it's like, all right, the light bulb goes off. I figured it out. I, I've got a pitch or two here. I'm, I've worked really hard in everything. All my setbacks and shortcomings have been in fuel for my fire to figure this thing out and to this point in this time of the season. Um, he's been good. I know you got to get to work. I want to ask you about one last guy, Carson Skipper. I saw him a little bit last weekend, and I, he looks like a guy who's pitching as, as well as he's ever thrown. Yeah, probably in his career. You know, he's the he's the guy that comes back for another year. He's the guy that, uh, you know, 150000 it's like I'd rather be at Auburn another year, and I think he wants to play professional baseball. And just that experience, that maturity, uh, that confidence is, is huge. I'm so thankful that somebody like that has come back to Bridges. and Left-handed holder? Yeah, well – for us, for us, he is um, and has continued to do good. He started this year with a curveball, and the first couple outings were kind of concerning, and he has immediately flipped to starting to throw a slider, and, mm. and he has taken off. He's hit another gear by – I guess everybody just saw that breaking ball pop up out of the hand, and now the slider must be sharing space and stuff better with the fastball, and he's done good. But he's my trustworthy guy. You know, if he gets uh, beat a game out here tomorrow night and he's on the mound or, or two games this weekend, him and Burkhalter have thrown multiple games multiple times on a we SEC weekend and been phenomenal. And uh, I like these two guys so much that if you if you wind up beating us, I can get back on the bus or I can get back to my house, I can set my cap on the counter and have no regrets. That's what those guys do for us. All right, so that's our pitching matchup. So real quick – Charlie and I, each week, we have the two guys that could kill you, all right? And, and to me, all right, and, and the, the guy I picked, and, of course, I'm not gonna, we're not going to go with the obvious. The obvious is Sonny. Mm -hmm. And to me, I look at, at Rambush at the top of the order and what he has done, and the, the numbers kind of remind me from a walk standpoint of, say, an Adam Frazier. And I know he's a completely different player, but he's up there to hit. I mean, he's up there to set the table. Not a whole lot of walks this year. But it just seems like he's that guy that kind of gets you going. Yeah, you can get him out. Uh, but we tracked it all the way back to 2019 last week where he'd reached an 88 out of 89 ball games. And I don't care what level yeah. you're playing <laughs> out. There's some significance to that. Uh, and it's just how he's wired. He's our he's our guy that uh, you want him in the foxhole. There's a Navy SEAL in the family. The other brother is uh, – You'll see Ram Bush, and you're like, man, that's like some of our little guys that we've had do great playing infield and be spunky around here. And but his one brother's a, a tight end for Oklahoma State, and um, he's got a Navy Seal. He's got bat to ball a little bit like Adam Frazier. Uh, you can get him out, and you can jam him, but he got he's got bat to ball. When he when he strikes out, it's like we all just drop our chin, like, well, the next eight might strike out because. You just expect him to keep putting the bat on the ball. And from the time he shows up at the park, he's just got a look in his eye like he's ready to fight. And you just love those players. College baseball presents those players, and they stick out. And he's the perfect leadoff for us because he is the heart and the soul of what we're trying to do. guy that I picked, Cason Howell, center fielder. I just, I've always kind of valued guys who've been around, held down a spot for a while. Yeah. And, you know, you look at him, his batting average is up about 60 points from where it was a year ago. He can run. Uh, so, Cason Howell was the guy I picked. Yeah, that's good. He's steady, a uh, little ice water in his veins, him and Rambush getting on for, for Sonny, like you talked about mentioning him. Um, just we, we trust him in center field, and we've had a little, you know, 
revolving door, and he's really coaching those two guys. So you're talking about a senior that's played since he's stepped on campus. He's coaching the guy to the left and to his right. He is up 60 points from his average and some of his production offensively. So now you got an older player contributing more, and that's a that's a pretty good one to pick because that's a veteran player in our league that you know you got to get past looking at some flashy lights to to <laughs> peek in there and see him. But the, that's a good ball player. I, I, I would – Rambush and Sonny, when they don't really get off, you know, we're, we're having more trouble uh, going. But when they're operating pretty good like they have for majority of the year, my keys personally as the head coach are being with them every day. If Casey Howell and Brody Moore are doing some stuff, uh, these veterans in the two-hole and like the five-hole – if they're contributing, our lineup gets a ton of length to it uh, immediately. So, I think both you guys picked a picked a good guy. Heck yeah, man! And that's brought to you by Two Brothers Smoke Meats. When Two Brothers, when you were here, Two Brothers had just gotten going. It was a little bitty small closet, you know, right there in the Cotton District, and now it's big. I mean, they got a big old patio outside. Their smoke wings and stuff are good. I don't think it's, it's been a while. You probably haven't even seen that. Have no, you? I haven't. But it sounds like I got something to check out with these night games here. That's that's, that's what's great. <laughs> hey, listen, we'll let you get back to practice. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, well, uh, Charlie and I'll finish up the show, and we won't uh, we won't bore you anymore. Well, I'll I'm, say this: I've really enjoyed keeping up with what you've been doing at Auburn. We enjoyed uh, just watching that program develop and everything you've done. It's uh, it's kind of nice to have a connection uh, with another team, see them have success. So. Uh, and particularly enjoyed uh, that knowing that you share my view of artificial turf pitching mounds. <laughs> uh, I heavily endorse your, your views on the artificial <laughs> pitching mounds. <laughs> but, but thank you, guys. It's it's always good to come home. It'll always be home. And uh, uh, Super Bulldog Week weekend, I know what that's all about. This is going to be a fun experience for, for our ball club. No matter how the series shakes out, this is – this is what we sign up for. This is an amazing experience for, for both clubs. Hey, real quick before we let you go, and I know I can sit here and go, hey, another question, another question. But you've been here. This is your third trip back as a head coach. I guess 17, 19, we missed the COVID year. That messed it all up. So this is your third trip back. But in 19, you came back as a head coach at Auburn, and we had the new stadium. And instead of talking about, you know, the bells and whistles of everything, how does it play differently? Because you were a pitching coach here for a while, and this was kind of a this was a kind of a graveyard out there offensively. But this is it seems like it's more of an offensive ballpark. Yeah, it is. And you know, the the old concrete and stuff, you had the little walkway entrances and a little air would get through there, but uh you know, with the redesign and the, the two levels, uh, you got some freedom of this airflow and stuff like that. The new configuration in right field. It's everything John wanted. I didn't have enough power to keep that thing <laughs> a, a pitching park, and uh, that's my guy. But uh, there was no doubt when this new park was built that there was going to be some airflow to allow the long ball. To we weren't building it for ERA. <laughs> yeah, Carnegie Hall was going to turn into some, some more offense for sure. <laughs> Hey, man, good to see you as always. Always appreciate you guys. Appreciate you. Man, how great was that? Butch Thompson. Well, here's here's the thing about Butch is, you know, that conversation right there is what we had so many days around, you know, the the breakfast table getting ready for ball games. And he, he's just a fantastic person. He's a great guy. And, um, you know, he, he's just as, as solid as it gets. Hey, let me tell you one of the things I remember about Butch Thompson. So my son, who's now a college sophomore, we came out to the Palmero Center 
They, Greg Dry and Butch, man, they did such a good job with camps when they were involved. And we came out for a father-son camp. You could, like, camp out in the Palmero Center. But I'll never forget Butch talking to these young players. And somebody had asked him the question about, what does my delivery need to look like? What does my wind-up need to look like? And Butch said, you know what? What do you want it to look like? And they actually did a whole drill with guys. You, you do what feels natural, and then we'll work from there. But I thought that was really cool because, you know, in a world where so many people get pitchers and they want to try to make them throw the same way, so many guys get hitters, and we want to turn them into different kinds of hitters. Butch was like, all these kids, you find what you are, and then we'll work with it. If you want to throw from down three-quarter sidearm, do it. We'll see some of that. We'll see some guys throwing even low three-quarters. But that's who they are and what he says. Look, you've got that many hours into it by the time you get to us. But that left a real impression on me because it wasn't a guy trying to build pitchers in his image. It was a guy saying, you find you, and then we'll work with it. That's well, one of my favorite Butch Thompson experiences. Well, and this kind of goes with what you know, C.T. Bradford told us earlier today on our, our previous show about when he's a major league scout, and when he gets to the ballpark, it's almost like I'm not looking for a guy that's a robot. I'm looking for a guy that – that is kind of natural with it. I'm looking for a natural guy. I'm looking for a natural delivery, a guy that I'm looking for a natural swing. And that's what I think back to the guy, Joseph Gonzalez, that we talked about. He's the guy that will go in game three for Auburn. And when you read the scouting reports, it talks about loose, natural, free-flowing. You know, it's got all these words, easy. but it's got all, And he's a low three-quarter guy. That's not what you would be designing necessarily. But it works. Hey, I, t- I tell you what, I just saw on the Twitter world, because you and I both find out all of our information pretty much via Twitter, that we're going to start Brandon Smith actually on Thursday. We're going to go Brandon Smith on Thursday. Friday, we're going with Preston Johnson. And then Saturday, Cade Smith. So a little bit different. We, you know, we had heard you were going to see game one Preston, game two Cade, then TBA in game three. But evidently, we're going to front end this thing with, with Brandon Smith tomorrow night. All right, so let's go back. We said on Monday, now we were kind of searching for who it might be. We talked about an opener, but you may remember, you made said a little it. fun of me for the idea of keeping, I might have to spike the football here a minute, Man. because I said, let's leave Preston on Friday, keep Cade, you know, basically you're moving him up a day, and go ahead, and now admittedly I said, maybe use Pico as an opener, get five outs with him, then go to Brandon Smith. But, hey, I like it. I was a Brandon Smith Thursday guy. You may see Brandon Smith and then Pico. You know, Pico only threw, what, two innings last night? And you may see him come back. I don't know if you see him come back this quick. But, uh, but yeah, Brandon Smith Thursday night. Get him in the rotation. Kind of see how everything falls in place now. Look, these games – oh, I say this because Gonzalez just threw a complete game against Vanderbilt. But these games are all going to see bullpens. I, oh, yeah. I have to think, and I think they're going to see him pretty early. In fact, if you look at Auburn's pitching staff, you know, Mullins, the guy that they've got going on Thursday, hasn't pitched in the sixth inning all year. The most he has thrown is five innings. Bright's kind of the same way. Gonzalez has gone deeper. But this isn't a team that uh, is not a team that is going to ride a starter very much. And, of course, that kind of fits with what we saw with Butch Thompson when he was here, doesn't it? Oh, oh, absolutely. And, so, yeah, they're going to try to get to the back end of this bullpen. And, you know, we talked a minute ago about Burkhart and 
you know, Burke Halter. Burke Halter has four saves in the SEC play. Overall, he's got you know seven seven saves on the season. Team's batting 167 against him. I mean, this is a team that has you know formidable starting pitching. It's not Hunter Barco like, but uh, their their bullpen's going to be good. It's, it's going to be solid. So that's uh, that's kind of a look at what we're going to do this weekend. Brandon Smith on Thursday. That's that's cool. All right. All right. So. I have not been around the athletic buildings this week, so I don't know. Maybe they listen. No. But, so that's look. That's what we got. By the way, the the two guys who can kill you, whatever we're calling them now, brought to you by two brothers. Man, I was down in the Cotton District earlier today. What a day it was! Now, of course, we're having the storms tonight, but man, it was a great day, and those patios were covered. You could sit inside, but everybody wanted to be outside today down at Two Brothers. So. Good place to be and good place to eat while you're here in town this weekend. So, and, and it sounded like just a few minutes ago, Butch is going to want- get to meet him there and leave him alone if he's working on his notebook, kind of like Bart over there. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be there tomorrow, and um, I'll be there working on my notebook. Well, no, I won't be working on the notebook tomorrow because no, we don't have we don't the Thursday have- game. Tell you what I'm going to do tomorrow is I am committed to being in the outfield to getting some country pleasing sausage going out there. I'm going to I'm going to take it all in this time. I'm going to we'll have a good weekend. Yeah, you know, last week I admit, you know, when there are two weekends that you just kind of know you better pay attention. You better really dig in to the other team cuz when Ole Miss is in town, when LSU's in town, uh to some degree when Vanderbilt, I mean, you know, when you have these big SEC matchups, you're going to have a lot of people listening and watching. And so last week with LSU in town, candidly, that game one, I kind of had the notebook out. I was kind of thinking about it. I was cold. Yeah, it was that. It was cold. It was windy. So, But um, this weekend, we'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, Mississippi State's got to have some wins. Got to have some wins. And uh, you've got to have to. Have to have to. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. Got to have to. And I know a lot of folks are out there saying, hey, you need to sweep this weekend. It's just hard to sweep in this league. I mean, I know, well, we're saying that coming off a sweep. But um, just start tacking twos and you'll be okay. Yeah, you got to figure it out. I mean, sooner or later, the, we, we got to, if we're going to have, if we're going to get to a regional, if we're going to play postseason baseball, we better figure it out in a hurry. All right. So do we see more slate offered? Do we see more Aaron Downs? Do we see some younger guys this weekend? I think you do. I do, I do, I think you do, and um, just because you, you got to get a spark somewhere, and uh, you have to start. I mean, I hate to say it like this, you have to start looking to the future as well. Here's a. I'll be interested to see if Cam James is in the outfield tomorrow, and if he is, okay. And we talked to Coach Polk about this the other night. The thing about playing a night game in center field at six o'clock when it gets dusk and a ball goes above the lights, it makes it tough out there. And so then all of a sudden, you know, the reason that the Cam James left field experiment was very short-lived is because he lost a fly ball in the sun. It's not easy for someone who has played a lot in the outfield at dusk, at 7, 7.30 at night this time of year because of the dusk, getting over the lights. Well, look, remember I'm just that saying ball it's to, tough. You remember that ball to Jess Davis and – had some people give me a hard time on Twitter about saying nobody could see that ball, and you know, well, it's his job to see it. I, I mean, I get all that, but if you haven't been out there, 
it's it it's is different, it's man. Different. All it the is. lights are pointed down. That's the thing, you know. When you if you go back to the old stadium with the old classic lights, there were lights that were just pointed up in the air. You know, there there were lights whose basically job was to help illuminate a ball in the air. There isn't much of that right now. Yeah, you can lose one in a hurry, and, and we and we've seen that. And so, you go back then and you ask the question: If you were going to start Cam James in center field, are you more comfortable? typically doing that at 2 o'clock than, say, 6.30 or 7. I mean, I'm saying this to kind of dig into a little bit more than than you should. At the end of the day, I don't think daytime or whatever determines where you put guys in the field. It shouldn't. Not at this level. And so, I, I know that then the first time I say that, I mean, and you lose a fly ball in the third inning and three-run score. Say my we, Twitter mentions would and I'm just saying, beg to differ. I know, but I'm just – All right, real quick, and I can't believe, and I think having Butch here kind of got us off this. You know what we have not talked about? And we talk about this every week. This is like your thing. You show up with this. I have never met anybody who has a better understanding of the direction that every SEC stadium sits. (laughs) I'm not – I can't really tell you my east, west, and all that stuff. You're, You're like a compass when it comes to that. So let's talk wind for a minute. Let's talk about which way the wind will be blowing on Thursday because it's going to be different again. This seems to be a theme. I've got tomorrow night wind out of the north, so wind blowing to the south. That's straight in from left field. All right, so five, six miles an hour, not a huge impact, assuming that all holds. And by by dark, it's going to be two or three miles an hour. Friday, who boy. It's going out. Southeast at 10 mile, ten to 15 on Friday, that's straight out to center field. Now, by about 6 p.m., it's going to be about 7 miles an hour. But still, straight out to center field. Saturday, what time we play Saturday? Saturday we play at 2 o'clock. Is All that right? right? So let me, let me clarify my question. What time are we scheduled to play on Saturday? Because here's what I'm seeing. Huh. Uh, so here's what we've got. Starting at 5 a.m., no. No, back it up. At 3 a.m. No, at 2 a.m. I mean, basically all night long, you're in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and by the time you get to the middle of the day, 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock, you're at over 65% chance of rain. And not just rain, but thunderstorms. Yeah. Yeah. You can't possibly. We, we can't. I don't think there's any way you get bumped to play a Sunday game, is there? No, you can't. If it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, That's right. you, you got to finish on Saturday. So then the question becomes, do I need to keep my schedule open for a good Friday doubleheader? Well, I mean, can you do that on Super Bowl all weekend? Let me I, – I'm just, I'm just saying. I mean, predict, could, could you imagine? Predict the Twitterverse. Man. So, you know, hey, to be honest with you, Charlie, I hadn't even looked at it. But – that's the thing, man. You start looking around the league, nobody loses games anymore because of weather because we are so adept to throwing the doubleheaders out there the day before getaway day and doing things differently. Um, so here's what we have on Saturday, just kind of generally. Thunderstorms. Storms may contain strong, gusty winds. Chance uh, of rain, 80%. That's during the day. And Saturday night, you've got scattered thunderstorms. Chance of rain, 60 Saturday night. So then, well, that's what I was about play to say. That thing at six o'clock Saturday. Well, you could play that thing at any time. I mean, you could go Auburn bust over, so it's not a situation where they have to catch a flight. That's the positive. So you can get that thing started on Saturday on getaway day. 
you know, if everybody agrees to it. You just have to get it started before midnight, right? Maybe so. Is that it? It used to be like 4 o'clock. You had to start it by 4. used to be. But everything changes by the wind. So, well, be looking out for that. Man. And you and I have Friday, Saturday. Dave Neal and Lance Cormier have tomorrow night. They'll be in their basements doing the game. And listen, hey, listen. Not a knock on this. It's not their fault. And so, when if, if you know, and I love Dave, and, and I love Dave to death. I don't know Lance that well, but uh, I can't imagine. That would be tough doing that for my house. And so, you get me and Charlie. You're with me both games, right? I am. Friday, Saturday? I am so. there. All, All right. right. Well, that was different, but I enjoyed it. Butch Thompson, just one of the all-time greats. So, I guess we'll be back on – Wow, when are we going to be back? Sunday. Are we going to come back and do Saturday coffee after two games? No. Because you're not going to come in here Easter morning, are we? I don't know. We'll stay tuned I guess for we further have to, updates. I guess we got a call a board meeting, don't we? Yeah, we'll have a partner's meeting. All right, we'll be back sometime, but until then, appreciate you guys hanging out with us, and, uh, man, thanks to Butch Thompson. What a dude. We'll be back here in a couple of days-ish. Let's hope for some good umpiring. We'll have some coffee. See y'all.